Hello and welcome to the Susquehanna County Conservation District's Conservation Corner. I'm Don Hibbard. And I'm Courtney Abrams. Each week we bring you conservation topics and events from around Leonis Mountains. Well, do you ever think about what happens outside when you shut off your lights and go to bed? I guess I never really have. You just kind of go to bed and forget about it. Yeah, I get it. I mean, we're all kind of busy, so we're not inclined to think about much more than what's on our plate at the time, really. So why don't we talk about it now? But one of the most popular things going on right now outside at night is the annual Learid Meteor Shower. It's active each year about April 16th through the 25th. This year it began on Sunday and it peaked in the pre-dawn hours of Wednesday, April 22nd. But the next few nights are definitely going to be a good time to check it out too, if you're game. Um, I know some people don't like to go outside when it's dark or just want to go to bed once it gets dark. But it's definitely one of those that you should check out. Uh, the shower comes after a months-long meteor shower drought that always falls between early January and April's leered meteor shower each year. So no matter where you are on Earth, the best time to watch is between midnight and dawn. You'll want to watch in a dark country sky. Um, and there's a couple more tips. So before midnight will be the best time to see the slower, longer meteors that streak horizontally across the sky. They actually call those earth grazers. And some of them have trails that glow for seconds after the meteor has disappeared. So those are the ones that are really cool, the oohs and haas that you hear, you know, when people are watching them. The shower occurs each year when the Earth's orbit crosses paths with the comet Thatcher. And the comet loses pieces of itself. They go flying into our upper atmosphere and they burn at uh, 110,000 miles per hour. Um, as far as Lyrid and where the name comes from, it actually comes from the Lyra constellation. And the Lyrid shower is one of the oldest known meteor showers. Uh, and the date, it dates back to 2,700 years ago, according to Earth's sky. If you're really into astronomy and stargazing, a cool place right here in Pennsylvania to go is Cherry Springs State Park in Potter County. It's actually the second international dark sky park, and it's the first one in the eastern United States. And they say it's so dark there, the Milky Way casts a visible shadow. And it's nearly as remote and wild today as it was two centuries ago. So it's kind of rare to find a place that's that dark nowadays, I think. Night sky enthusiasts flock to the park for its dark skies, which are famous for great views of the Milky Way, um, planets, and hard to see astronomical objects and phenomena. And also, um, this week, before dawn, you can see Jupiter, Saturn, and Mars. They make a little arc on the elliptic, which is the pathway that the sun and moon cross our sky. Um, Jupiter is definitely the brightest one of the three planets. And uh, you can even enjoy watching them while you're looking for the meteor shower. So believe it or not, darkness actually has a lot of benefits to the environment and natural world. Scientific evidence suggests that artificial light at night has negative and many deadly effects on creatures including amphibians, birds, mammals, insects, and even plants. Artificial light interferes with amphibians who detect light levels, get this, at a hundred times dimmer than humans. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, 
So prolonged exposure to bright lights affect their hormones, their skin, their coloration, thermal regulation, and reproduction. Artificial light can cause birds that migrate or hunt at night to collide with buildings or other light illuminating structures. Yeah, I found the same thing. And I didn't realize it. A lot of bird species actually use the stars to navigate at night. And like you said, it makes them veer off course, slams them in the surfaces, or even makes them circle endlessly. So that in turn, you know, they waste their crucial energy they're using during migration. It's actually also a fatal attraction for insects. So a lot of insects fly into lights and die and Declining insect populations can have a negative impact on other species of the animal kingdom. Some pollinator species are nocturnal, and so during the night, the presence of artificial light actually pulls the pollinators toward the light and away from plants. And in one study that I found, it compared a lit meadow to a dark meadow. The lit meadow received 62% fewer visits by nocturnal insects and bore 13% less fruits in the plant studied than the field that was completely dark. Wow, those statistics are pretty crazy. And in addition to that, the insects are also often pollinating their own food sources, therefore reducing their sources of sustenance as well. A lot of things happen that we don't really see at night, so that's cool. Didn't you find something out about fireflies too? Yeah, so I thought this one was really interesting actually. So fireflies communicate with light itself through bioluminescence, which is a photochemical process involving special enzymes. Fireflies flash light to ward off predators, and their larvae also glow to warn predators of their bad flavor. So the presence of light at night interrupts their language, endangering the animal at all stages of its life. So I think you found some stuff about plants as well, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, So, I guess one that we're familiar with, at least as a food, are potatoes. And um, not sure how many people know this, but when potatoes are exposed to the light, they produce chlorophyll. Which, if you ever reach into your bag of chips and you pull out that dreaded green chip, the one that nobody wants, that's the chlorophyll right there. It's a pigment that turns the potatoes green, so that means that your potato chip got some sunlight. And um, the chlorophyll itself is completely harmless, but it can signal the presence of a toxin called solanine. So that's toxic to us, so don't eat those green chips. Believe it or not, there's actually even plants that don't depend on sunlight at all. Yeah, even around here. Actually, there's the Indian pipe also known as Monotropa uniflora. It's definitely one of nature's weird wonders. And if you're hiking around your property or walking through the woods, you might have seen it. It's white, it has no chlorophyll, and it doesn't depend on photosynthesis. This ghostly white plant is able to grow even in the darkest forests. Um, Each Indian pipe plant consists of somewhere between a three and nine inch stem. You may notice the small scales, no leaves are required because this plant, like I said, does not photosynthesize. Uh, It does have a whiter pinkish white bell shaped flower, which appears sometime between spring and fall. And it's actually pollinated by small bumblebees. Once the bloom is pollinated, the bell creates a seed capsule that eventually releases tiny seeds. Although there's not Indian pipe fungus, Indian pipes 
are a parasitic plant that survives by burrowing nutrients from certain fungi and trees and decaying plant matter. So that's how they get their nutrients. Um, not by photosynthesis, like I said, but actually by surrounding plants. It's a complicated but mutually beneficial process that allows the plants to survive. So as we've been trying to do every week for the past few weeks, um, I found another educational activity you might be able to share with your kids or with educators. So the Pennsylvania Game Commission launched Wildlife on Wi-Fi, and it's a hub for conservation and wildlife-themed educational resources, activities, and content to support PA educators, students, and parents. They have a lot of activities listed on there. Some of the ones that kind of caught my eye were the bird feeder bingo, build your own birdhouse, and the nature scavenger hunts. And that's all listed on their website under wildlife on Wi-Fi. I always like the scavenger hunts, they're fun. So I checked that one out. Also, uh, just to mention, the Susquehanna County Conservation District has a poster contest. Two weeks ago, we talked about pollinators and we actually have a pollinator poster contest. Uh, so full details are on our website, but here's the gist of it. It has a theme and the theme is where would we be without pollinators? Uh, so go to our website. You could also go to Facebook or our Instagram account. You could find the information there, which sends you back to our website uh, where you can get all the details. Um, but there's a top prize of a $25 Visa gift card. If you're one of the first 25 participants, you get a free ice cream voucher. The poster contest is for grades K through 6th, and the deadline is May 31st. Well, I think that wraps up today's show. If you have questions related to today's show, you can contact the Conservation District by calling 570-782-2105. If you missed a portion of today's show, you can go to our website, www.suscondistrict.org and find our Conservation Corner page with past episodes, links to information about past episodes, and a contact form where you can reach out and ask questions or make comments about the show. You can even suggest ideas for future shows. You have been listening to the Susquehanna County Conservation District's Conservation Corner. I'm Courtney Bronze. And I'm Don Hibbert saying enjoy the outdoors.